Hello, horror fans. Welcome to Selling Them, a show about horror movies brought to you by one horror nerd and one horror noob. I'm Jed Donaldson, the aforementioned noob, leaving us with our co-host uh, and my good friend, Josh Yoakum. How are you doing, Josh? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, just uh, hanging out here with a with a, a sick doggo and getting ready to talk about uh, some horror movies starting into our uh, fourth year here, man. So it's an anniversary. I, I It's an anniversary of sorts. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this dumb shit for three years now. It's, uh, you know, it's something. There's a catalog. There's a... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean we have we have material out there. There's content. <laughs> Maybe if someone will even listen to us, it someday. <laughs> yeah, if you don't believe us, just download it. I, I you know, just we dare you. Um, <laughs> Dog dare. <laughs> I, I am doing okay. How are how are how are you doing these days? Yeah, you know I'm fine-ish. That seems to be my default answer to anybody who asks me these questions nowadays. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, just this was intended to release to drop uh, just before Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was just Googling for I choo choo choose you images and just saw some real cool uh, train images from my home state and didn't spend a day and a half doom scrolling about a, a death plume racing that <laughs> barely anybody seems to be paying attention. I, I mean, to. Yeah, I mean, what what's another death plume at this point? <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's just lost in the noise yeah it's a it's a real cool country we got here uh, oh and it's like okay like the shit bags seem to be trying to cover this up but what about what about my political allies oh what's that you're also covering this up great okay like, i guess we're just okay we're all uh, we're all just gonna drink the water huh we're all just gonna <laughs> fingers and ears right, right. like, <laughs> even when things start to look a little good there's still a lot of bad to balance it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, have you been uh, you've been you've been up to anything else lately? I know there was a there was a, a, a foosball game recently, and I guess watched yeah, that. Yeah, uh, you know the big game. Uh, it 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 came and went. <laughs> I watched it like uh, I don't know. I don't know very many people who may have watched it, but I was one of the few who tuned in. <laughs> that obscure streaming service this like yeah I, <laughs> it's the sports no it's, it's on the, the ocho <laughs> i i was uh i was actually really irritated um we, we were sitting down to watch it um and and realized that on the television that we're going to watch on downstairs i don't have an antenna for it so i just have to find a, a way to stream it or whatever yeah. And there's usually any yeah. number of services that have, you know, hey, sign up for a week free, blah, blah, blah. We're, we have this, this and this. And oh, by the way, the Super Bowl is going to be on this thing. Um, so I said, I honestly, wasn't even super interested in watching the game. But my wife is still a big football fan and we wanted to she wanted to watch it. So it's going to be on. We're going to watch it. Mm. We got some we ordered some food. Going to make kind of a thing of it. Uh, so I went with uh, YouTube tv they had a free trial going on um so i went through all the steps to you know to my sign up um and at the very last step uh you know they ask you for your credit card info which is you know normal they'll normally say hey at the end of these seven days you'll be charged you can cancel any time before then blah 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 so i didn't think anything of it and i put it through 
uh, come to find out that apparently sometime in the past, I had completely forgotten I had tried YouTube TV for free. <laughs> I don't know what I would have tried it for, but, uh, you know, end up paying $64 <laughs> for oh, YouTube the, TV to watch the Super Bowl, which yeah. I wasn't super interested in in the first place. It's okay. You could watch all the other things on YouTube TV, such as. <laughs> such as. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I canceled immediately, so I'm not going to get recharged anything, but it was just. It left a bad taste in my mouth immediately, and then the, considering that I wasn't interested in the game to begin with, and uh, it was just... And then the food that we ate ended up giving me some sort of stomach issue, and ugh, I'm just going to complain about everything. Though, right? What's that? <laughs> but the commercials were great, though, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> or was it like YouTube commercials? Was it like commercials for like influencers, was... academies, or stuff <laughs> I think if, I think there was a split. I don't know that we got everything that you would have gotten on regular television. I know that we got some YouTube. So, so there is that. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we do need to like start our YouTube channel where like we just do the episode as normal, but every once in a while you have to make like a like a reaction, like like somebody just like set you on fire or something while you're looking with your head cocked sideways, like. <laughs> screaming at some image from the movie that we've done that's that's that seems to be what my kid clicks on i was gonna say i don't know what youtube you're watching <laughs> you need to find some better algorithm stuff no it's like the freeze frame that they, it's always like the thumbnail is like whatever person's like watching the scariest video uh, or listening you, to the song for the first time and they look like they just like like you think that they're just, just taking like stills from the video they're not <laughs> editing those in post Oh no, there it's it's very intentional. It's like th- that's what they're all going for. I think is the joke I'm trying to make. <laughs> now that I've explained it, it's funnier. I think so. I think that's that's how comedy works, right? But do we talk about dissecting frogs? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it might be more interesting than some of the stuff you make me watch. Oh okay. Oh all right. Little caddy, little caddy today. <laughs> uh, now, no, do we want to go with the per- percentages? Percentages up top. <laughs> oh no 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 we'll, we'll hold off on that we'll, we'll do a little spiel okay. and then we'll, we'll talk about what we're going to talk about okay yeah that's good all right so, so all right we don't normally talk about any of that bullshit that josh said what we do normally talk about is horror movies specifically ones that josh has chosen in an attempt to turn me into a fan of the genre um despite my crabbing he does have a fairly okay record and uh we'll probably talk about that a little bit later on um but uh today we've got a, a more recent film to talk about I mean, relatively so. It's a decade old at this point, but we're uh, we're I mean, uh, doing spring. Anything after the year 2000 sounds recent to me. Oh, yeah, I, I still refer to things as like Rage Against the Machine's new album. Like, right. <laughs> so I fully, I fully understand. But yeah, we're doing uh, spring from uh, 2014, and uh, this was uh, picked out by our guest last time, uh, Jen Fett. So she picked out our anniversary episode for us and uh so we're kind of kind of valentine's themed where it was that was the options here so we got us a little love horror movie yeah i i i think this may be a, a prime candidate for the uh is this horror section oh okay we'll get there i think yeah. this is not just horror but uh uh as much as I, I don't want to go on my same diatribe again against H.P. Lovecraft, but I think it's Lovecraftian horror, not just in the type of creature, but the like the worldview that it presents. I think it's uh, OK. I, 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 I think I'm it's there. to hear the argument. <laughs> but yes, we're doing a uh, spring, which uh, was by uh, 
put together by a couple of creators that you uh, you've recommend you recommended their show. I think actually two two episodes you recommended their show, uh, Moon Knight. Um, yeah. So these guys have been working great. together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, plug it again. We'll, we'll <laughs> skip to the end. And Maybe I will. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys uh, came up uh, working together for Ridley Scott's production company and and became past friends there uh justin benson and aaron moorhead um and then decided to put together a movie together and self-financed it and released uh resolution which was a pretty moderate to uh good indie success like a lot of positive word of mouth it did well at different like festivals and stuff and um (laughs) well they've made two other movies that are like loose sequels to it um one called the endless and one called synchronic and um the, the budgets and like actors in them have kind of like increasingly gotten bigger and uh yeah i think their their stars are still kind of on the rise the the third last movie i haven't seen it it didn't get as good of reviews as the one before it but generally you know they're kind of indie critical darlings working in the genre um but i i you do want it's like since they worked for Ridley Scott's company, just for like the Ridley Scott from the Alien commentary, just come in and watch their movie and be like, "She crap." Just <laughs> <laughs> yelling at him the whole time. Um, so Justin Benson uh, traveled to Italy the year before he wrote Spring and kind of uh, based it like loosely on just his travels and being kind of inspired by the landscape, and uh, they. Got a got a, a film grant to make it, so um, Italian financed. As you know, I say what you will about like uh, anything else in this movie. I think this Apuli, the town that they filmed this movie in, comes off looking real real cool. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a, it is a it's beautiful gorgeous. town. <laughs> like it, it's a gorgeous place to set a movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess it wasn't exactly what Justin Benson was thinking of because he. Uh, he had been on the other coast of Italy where it was a, a bit wetter and it was kind of like more citrusy, but um, he said, yeah, it was actually like s- s- very similar vibe and just like stunningly beautiful in a slightly different way. So, yeah. Oh, um, real, real lucky to have that come together for this movie. Yeah, um, I have no complaints about the, the setting, like where it's just a gorgeous place. White people love Italy as the, yeah. as the movie tells us. Um, and they also got a, I kind of forgot how much buzz this guy had until like I started like looking again for this movie. But the the actor Lou Taylor Pucci who plays Evan, our um, our one of our two leads. Um, he was in the Evil Dead movie before this, but was like had been in a bunch of indie stuff uh, with like he, he was in a movie called Thumb Sucker that like I don't know if you remember that from Blockbuster days. It would have been around that time. I remember the name. I remember the name. Yeah, this was like one of those like festival best newcomer award guys that kind of like rode that for a while still like still a working actor but like his his profile was dropped a bit in the years since um but i I think he's pretty amazing in this movie like he he came off evil dead like where he was playing a a a youngish character he's like i want to play a grown-up in like some kind of like sci-fi horror romance movie and like said that before he saw the script for this (laughs) (laughs) well i guess he did it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you know he put it on his uh his vision board he will <laughs> hopefully use, use the secret 
You put it out in the universe, and the universe provides. <laughs> um, but I think like one thing that's like a kind of a constant in their movies is they're like they're very talky. Uh, I haven't seen Moon Knight. I'm guessing Moon Knight kind of deals with if, if I know them at all. Like there's a lot of ideas floating around in Moon Knight. <laughs> I think um, that's fair to say, and it, it is fairly talky. Yeah, and I that's the general vibe of this movie, too. So uh, I i would also kind of, say that the, the talky is actually pretty good, though, for, for the most part. Yeah, no, they're they're very interested in like uh, a, a close up version of a very intimate tale that like also tells a, a, a huge story like that's that's kind of like using a narrow focus to see something uh expansive is kind of their mo sure um and i, I think this is a, a prime example of that because you have basically what this movie is is um one of the before movies richard linklater's like uh two people in europe an american tourist and a, and a woman from europe but in like a city that's foreign to her or, meet and have a connection and like the whole movie is just conversations uh mashed up against resident evil there <laughs> basically like somebody with like mutating dna turning into uh creatures from our past and absorbing like a lot of pseudosciency uh explanations for uh for a eternal monster yeah it's i mean it's definitely some video game bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i always kind of wonder about like this kind of science fiction like if you read like really old science fiction and they talk about like uh, we we got in our electrified balloon <laughs> if the kind of like the way we talk about whatever the nanotechnology is like <laughs> yeah like 200 years down the road <laughs> they're gonna be like listen to these fuckers they don't know what the hell they're talking about how quaint dna <laughs> um the uh i think the other leads worth mentioning too just I, I, this is such a um like the before movies like there are other incidental characters in this movie but like it is built around our love story at the center we have we have evan who's uh lou taylor pucci and and louise who's uh nadia hilker um who's a german model um and i guess when they were looking for her like she'd been in a couple other things and they just like they were like, this is some, it has to read as somebody really smart. And like, it was a weird thing in the interview because they're like, just to be clear, like maybe they're not actually smart, but they have to read that way. <laughs> I'm just like, right. is, this, is, this, is this some shit? <laughs> that's, that's a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think she's also like, if you build a movie like this, where the central thrust of it is just going to be, experiencing the world through two people coming together in love, like you kind of have to fall in love with both characters. And I think that's, I, I would make an argument for like why this movie works for me, like the before movies do, which I like absolutely adore those movies is that you do fall in love with both these characters. I think they're, um, they both have a lot of chemistry together. Is that, is, is that, uh, is that, is that something we're in agreement? On? <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say, um, I think that, no matter what else I might end up uh, coming down on this movie, I think the the main characters are well acted, well performed, um, believable. I, I liked both of them. Um, there's not really a bad guy in this movie. I don't think it's not like a traditional. You know, you have your antagonist. Like 
her condition is the antagonist. Or even, I would even argue against that, because I think for her, her condition really isn't. She's like, she's pretty cool with who she is. Right, but like, I mean, it's a, her condition is the, like, the, the crux of the, the conflict, though. Like, the driving force yeah. of what makes the movie go. I mean, I would almost argue, like, with the final scene of this movie, that, like, the universe is it's the villain. <laughs> the the tragedy of existence is like the the antagonist of this movie not the not either of our romantic leads one of whom happens to be a, a monster person <laughs> just a person just a girl <laughs> looking at a boy yeah <laughs> not uh what, what was the our our category is there a, a witch a vampire a zombie <laughs> right <laughs> I, I mean at, at various points in this movie it was is werewolf vampire lizard person octopus maybe yeah rules i know i'm like you don't have to weigh in this early and tell me you buy you're buying the movie just by listing all the ways that rules okay all right um right. Yeah. <laughs> save it for the end i get you yeah um so let's let's talk a little bit about like the setup here it's like we talked about it being a before style movie um but we're introduced to evan first we're introduced to evan uh the very first scene in the movie is our, our lead character watching his mother die. Um, she has cancer. She's on her deathbed. She tells she tells a joke on the way out the door. Um, the way I want to go. And <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's hard to beat Voltaire's the, uh, the the priest asking him if he would renounce Satan on his deathbed, and he said, "It's not the time to go making any enemies." <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. I. I don't I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but I've I've heard I don't know the guy's name, but they used to do a type of execution called like pressing where they would put a person down, put a plank like a plank of wood on top of them and then keep adding rocks until they were squished, basically. And uh, yeah, this dude, you know, given a chance to, you know, say his final words or recant or whatever, he called them in closer and just said more weight, <laughs> which I find to be pretty badass. Yeah, it's also like, please, please make me die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> I get both reads, but yeah. Um, but the the interviews that I watched with the, the creators um, did say that they kind of wanted to establish up front that nobody in this movie is has the answers. That it's a it's a. Uh, it's not some profound wisdom. It's not a like I I have seen something here is some life advice I have to give you. It's like a moment of connection you between the characters. Just asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I think specifically they were saying like that when you speak to somebody who's got like a lot of life experience generally like once you've reached adulthood, um, you might know more stuff. You might know like you know, have, have more experiences to draw from and be able to like, but, but like people don't know the answer to like big questions, right? Like nobody's like, you know, pull aside the 85 year old, like what's the meaning of it all? Like it's, they're, yeah. they're going to give you the same shit answer that like a 22 year old would most of the time. Right. Like, I mean, maybe it'll <laughs> sound fancy. Maybe it'll sound like they know what they're saying, but yeah, the, the really big questions, you're just not going to get a yeah. satisfactory. One. Yeah. Um, but like it also like I, I think because they're so character driven too that we get to see this like snapshot of Evans' life in America. His uh, his father has died like and he had to come back from college for that and his like mom started dying immediately after. 
he's working a dead end job. His only right. friend is uh, like a perpetually drunk, fun guy, but just like also right. a fuck up. Um, it, he it's doesn't a guy who really family. means well, but is not any real help in any situation. Yeah, and I, I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Gardner playing uh, Tommy as his friend, um, who's been in a couple other like really good indie horror movies too um and so like help put, put a few together um it's a, it's a small part but i think tommy like he, he gives kind of a memorable performance in this role is like the I, yeah i'd hang out with that guy that guy's fun and he means really well he's yeah. also like he's never going to give you good advice <laughs> he's the guy, like, you, you can't really have a like a serious conversation with this guy because there's there's nothing more going on than what's the next time he's going to get to get drunk or high or whatever yeah yeah, and he's uh, Evans getting into fights. He's getting fired. Um, I mean, he's and, in a he's in a rough spot. He's it's a lot of turbulence in his life. I it, I yeah. understand I understand where he's at. Yeah. So like they, they they it's a sequence of things. He gets in he gets into like the fight with like some like tweakers at the at the bar. He uh, like trying to protect his friend. He gets fired. Um, he uh, hooks up with somebody that like is alternately like wanting more commitment is also like pulling away and and probably dealing with her own shit like mm-hmm. uh, you know telling him like she's what too too uh too sober to to have sex with him but also like not sober enough to have the conversation that he wants to have afterwards right <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> um so you know he 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 dips he dips out of dips out of the US um and and just he had planned a, a trip with his dad to Italy Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to just kind of getting a suggestion over the phone to go there and getting maybe confirmation from the woman in the, in the car, cheering his ride. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's unclear. <laughs> we know he ends up in it. Yeah. Like, you know, drinking, drinking a lot of little bottles of booze and watching Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. As you do. <laughs> um, it's so like another thing that they like, they, they, the, the Benson and Moorhead, wanted to establish is that they they did not want this movie to feel like garden state they didn't want like a character who like meets uh, an enchanting woman who sweeps him off his feet but is kind of like inert is kind of like <laughs> they wanted a character who was like trying to hook up was kind of like assertive about it was like uh maybe had a bit of a temper <laughs> I'm, like, um, I'm trying to figure out how this movie could have been like garden state and i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it what if he was wearing a shirt and the wallpaper behind him was the same pattern as that shirt? I don't know. I think the uh, the octopus monster might still <laughs> easily lead it away from there. <laughs> but what if, like, as the octopus monster appeared on the screen, you just heard... <laughs> <laughs> or if the, the octopus monster was wearing a helmet. Cheers. Headphones just gave him to him. <laughs> please my my transfer stu- I, i'm even deep on a movie that like i haven't watched in a decade and didn't really like even love it <laughs> i remember thinking the soundtrack was yeah no it's like and there's there's fine performances and stuff and I, i'm oh, this is let's not, like, let's not drag a, garden state <laughs> a sudden right turn into a shitty garden state podcast <laughs> yeah this it has been a, a three-year slow spring. burn <laughs> We've been building up to it for the past three years. <laughs> now really we can finally lay into Zach Braff like we've been wanting to this whole time. <laughs> I've been I've been chomping at the bit. Um, uh, 
Evan, Evan gets to Italy. Um, before we kind of get into the main thrust of the story, he encounters um, some other people traveling, some uh, some my uh, Cockney a- accent that I do for fun sometimes just come to life and multiplied by two. <laughs> These are definitely the type of guys Sam. that might be fun to hang out with for a little while, but you don't want to spend any real amount of time with them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a similar function as like, Tommy. He's like, these are like Tommies he's met abroad who are like, you know, getting into rap battles that turn into real fights and like, <laughs> or at least telling stories about something yeah. like that because they, they heard it once. Right, exactly. Um, um, so he's, he's, he's aimless. He's just, he's wandering around with these guys. Uh, they're like, you know, having a, having a good time, just getting drunk and high and like seeing, right. seeing the countryside. It's, it's um, kind of like, did I come all the way to Italy to do the same shit I was doing in America? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, before he gets to uh, this, the 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 town where he's going to end up, where he's going to meet the our female lead of this movie, uh, Luis. Um, and th- did you did you expect when he met her for uh, like her to be pulled aside, uh, them to be pulled aside by Lawrence Fishburne, like? A woman in the red red dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't that was more Fishburne that pulled him aside. That was that was Mouse. I don't remember the guy, the actor's name, but he designed <laughs> her and he can uh, he can hook you up with some private time with her if you want. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I think something else that gets introduced around this time too. That's like a fairly distinctive thing about this movie, um, which it doesn't seem that way now. It's like. Every movie does this now, but this was like one of the first indies that used a drone camera. Um, and I think it uses it phenomenally well. It like uses it to, uh, they really wanted it to feel kind of like an omniscient narrator putting you somewhere just or, or situating itself somewhere to watch things unfold. And I, I think it kind of does that. There's a, uh, there's some really cool, like, sequences of uh the camera like zooming up high over the ocean or through like yeah. arches back and you, you know i didn't even it didn't even occur to me that, to think about you know how they were getting some of these shots but i mean thinking about it now i can easily see okay yeah a drone could have done this no problem i but it just wasn't on my mind other than thinking oh this is a cool shot or this looks really good <laughs> yeah and they were they kind of uh were able to get it like last minute. They they had planned out a lot of this movie, and then the cinematographer basically like he's like, oh, also I brought this, and like they almost got stopped in customs because it wasn't common enough yet, like for them to like for oh, like sure. the authorities to not think it was like some sort of like weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, which to be fair, like Americans traveling with drones, I would also <laughs> I would maybe not trust us a little bit. Yikes! <laughs> Tug on my collar here. <laughs> Um, it's I, I don't know. I know you said like you didn't think about like the. Did you kind of notice them in the story and where they where they were being used? Did that add anything like that? Or, or just now bringing it up? Like I just I ask. I, I I've heard them talk about it, but it, if I were to go back and watch it now with that knowledge, it might stick out a little bit more. Um, but just right now, I I don't think there's anything that I can think of that really jumps out to me and say, oh, this is why they, why that would work especially well in this context. Um, after they kind of have this, like, stare down on the plaza, and he, like, hangs out with his 
you know, oh boy, lads. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddies a bit more. Um, they they have like their initial encounter, and basically like a good chunk of the rest of this movie. I wouldn't say it's plotless. Things definitely happen, but it's it's dates. It's like right. these two characters coming together. Yeah, they're and, kind and, of circling each other for a couple days, and then they kind of make a connection, and then it's sort of him chasing her. Yeah, yeah, he, he like stays in town. He doesn't leave with those guys, and gets like a a job on a on a local farm with uh with Angelo. <laughs> um, another like again for there being not a lot of other characters besides our two leads in this movie, I do loves me an Angelo. You know? No, he's great. <laughs> I I, I have a hard time thinking of any examples of someone who I didn't think did a good job with their character in this movie. I think there's one that like maybe stood out for me, but maybe you've got a maybe you've got a different opinion of this the function of this character. But we'll get to them. Okay, we'll get to them in a bit. Um, but yeah, I think they they also cast really well, and like this this guy is just such a um a, a, a dapper, smooth old man character who like also is a terrible farmer who like kind of knows nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> they basically intentionally made like all the farming very inauthentic and like poorly done. In this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets a job there basically just to like chase after this woman who like was very forward with him on, on uh, the first time they met basically said like, Hey, leave your friends and come with me. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Fuck. And he is just, I mean, justifiably, like, cautious about it. Like, wait, wait, are, are you crazy? You want my organs? I, I love the dialogue here. The liner is just like, I need to know if you're the kind of uh, crazy I could deal with. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he, like, demonstrates kind of what we've talked about a little bit, where he's this, like, he's very, he's in crisis, but he's also, like, assertive and, like, I don't think the movie works if he's like a total sad sack. He has to have like a bit of fire in him because as we come to find out, Louise uh, is 2000 years old. She has been. Uh, do you want to get into what like Louise is now? Do is do we know what she is? <laughs> is, is that something you have an, a concrete answer for? <laughs> so as I understand it, this is like the deal with Louise. Uh as we find out at the very end of the movie, uh, she, her mother was like her and that uh, her mother died uh, in Pompeii in the eruption of Vesuvius um, and her like with, along with everybody else, they, they go and visit like all the plaster uh, cast molds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't die. She's, she's got a genetic condition where she heals exceptionally quickly and she stays young forever. Um, but she has to get pregnant every 20 years yeah, and she then she just, absorbs. She just eats a baby every 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> she absorbs it inside of her. And yes. when she does that, she has um, like flashes of being a monster, uh, like going through, like changing into different forms of different animals or like combinations of those animals and like becoming violent and killing people. Um, but then when that's done and she's absorbed it all, she is half herself and half the baby she absorbed. So she's got like 
she there's she like there is like kind of a weird hand wavy incest thing they get to she, later. Well, I mean, like, yes, but that would that would be like if he hung around after she did the full thing, yeah. But she basically does like a um like a Doctor Who <laughs> every twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not as familiar with that show, so I don't know if, if Doctor it's, Who also like just has to get fucked every two years. Just, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> you, no, you got it. I think you nailed it. You got to get that dick, eat a baby, new Doctor. Um, so, basically, it's a new person, new physical form with retained memories of all the previous forms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I kind of was aware of the concept. I just didn't know if it was like a Thing in <laughs> oh yeah, no, he turns into an octopus monster for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a, for but for uh, for Louise, it's like a a continued conscious. She just looks slightly different. She's always got heterochroma. She's got the David Bowie eyes, except right. one of them glows. <laughs> um, but it also like explains why, like as Evan's gonna find out, like she is extremely well traveled and it can speak many languages and has like, like 11 languages <laughs> <laughs> but again like i i feel like she is also a character who like is still learning from him is like i, I think i think that's where like the romance in this works is that like she also doesn't have her shit figured out yet <laughs> she is also struggling with it a bit Loves being a monster. Loves loves this whole uh, life she's got going. But well, yeah, she doesn't want to die, and she thinks it's kind of cool yeah. that she doesn't die. <laughs> um, they, they, Evan is going to come to to figure this out. Uh, but like as they're first like starting to date out, date, it's really just like a lot of conversations. And I'm I'm curious if like um, how this worked for you because I don't, I feel like we we've watched some talkie movies, but I don't think we've watched any other movie that kind of has this vibe where it's like just stretches of like, Oh, like may- maybe audition has <laughs> that like date montage section, but yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I think this is a little more, um, I think this is a little easier to, to get into. Um, I'm, like, like we said earlier, the, both the characters are, are likable. I, and there's, there's a little, there's mystery here as to what's going on. I think they do a good job of, you know, you have the the kind of normal date type stuff interspersed with, yeah. oh, she's sacrificing a rabbit and then eating it raw or her skin is peeling yeah. off or she has inexplicable like rotten patches on her. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel it, like this it, is pretty easy to to get into. And I, don't, I also think that the dialogue is pretty snappy. I think it, it a lot of the stuff is not it's not like bad or poorly written. It's it seems to flow really well. There's. Like you said, chemistry between the two leads. Um, And I think like the conversations kind of go in like places that feel like they still remain interesting. They never get like boring the way real conversations do, but they like they'll veer off topic. They'll like pick at like some detail that the other person said and like follow up on it and get like there's like there's some care like being put into like not just what they're finding out about each other, but like how they're being playful about it and how they're like interacting with one another. Like they're like intentionally interesting conversations. I don't think they feel completely natural. Uh, I think they feel a little bit too, um, (laughs) I don't want to say indie movie, but they do feel a little indie movie ish. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't have like a five minute conversation about like, 
deciding between two menu items like right. you know, people do. <laughs> like, um, you know, they also do things like uh, I, I'm thinking in particular of like Evan following the flow of the conversation that she's having and they're they're kind of talking through. And then he kind of just tells the story about Tommy. And it's just because it's a story he likes and it doesn't have anything to do with like what they were actually talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was one of those touches like that. That was one of those times where I was like, am I supposed to be getting something here? Because <laughs> it was really just had nothing to do with what they had with the conversation they were having. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like um, you think it's, what it's doing is a bit of character work and letting you know that like Kevin probably thinks that's one of his best stories. And he's just yeah. like, shit, like you got to get this one in there. Like, I gotta get this story about my, like, my friend getting punched out. It's not gonna come up on its own. I just gotta fucking shove it in. (laughs) And I mean, like, I relate. I relate to that. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta gotta tell the good story. Yeah. I mean, at least it does say, it it doesn't mean anything. It's just a good story. Yeah, yeah. They they put a hat on it a little bit. They, They call some attention to it. But, um, yeah, it's, he, it's this series of dates, and, like, for 30 something minutes you don't see like any of her monster stuff the uh the moment you see her monster stuff is like the date when they have sex and she's just like uh, no condoms please raw dog and <laughs> <laughs> yeah like a and monster start... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, i mean it makes sense knowing like what what her deal is yeah um but like you know the the after that she her like face pulses in bed and we see her like stumble out into an alleyway in like a monstrous form and kill a cat um so you know right <laughs> like it do i mean isn't that most of the time that happens after sex right it's either cigarettes yeah. or eating cats yeah <laughs> um, but I, I think around this time in the movie the other the other like um choice that they start to make that i think really um works really well in this movie's favor to keep it like kind of thematically on point is like just a lot of um like nature and animal in- imagery like a lot of the like opening a shot which is like a scorpion crawling down the street or like a, a, a gecko on the side of a uh like a post at the farm he's at or yeah. um, the dead sheep that might, might also have been a victim of uh of her at night um right there's this is another this is one of those things that we, we talked about I don't know if we talked about it. Uh, I don't even remember what we talked about at the beginning of the show or if we talked about it before the show uh, that I had questions about because there was a lot of this. Yeah. Um, you call it nature imagery, um, but what stuck out to me more was like the the image of rotten decay um, all over the Like they just periodically pop up. You have like the, the snake crawling through the decaying sheep who was dead. Um, and I'm not quite sure that I grasped the significance of all these. Well, I think a lot of that stuff sort of like it's either mirroring the mood and tone of the characters or um, also playing with uh, like her different like animal form stuff. She's like part of what happens is that she becomes more in in touch with our ancestry of our past uh, Mm -hmm. and goes into these other forms. So I think that's it kind of does a little bit of work of both. Um, I think it's also just like a real subtle way of like kind of making this small story feel bigger because it's also including kind of the natural world through like visual storytelling. Um, and, and I guess there is sort of like the, 
the circle of life sort of thing where she kind of dies and comes back as a new new thing. Um, so, I mean, I guess there is that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, we we talked about most of her mythology, but the, the one thing that I don't think we've mentioned yet that we find out later is that um, after some some stuff's gone down that we'll like we'll, we'll talk about, we'll get into, but the um, she relays that oxytocin, like basically like if she's actually in love, like she will stop doing this and have the baby. That's like some more like, you know, again, Resident Evil science. Um, and that her case study was her own mother because her own mother had her and had fallen in love with like the father and right. was in, in, you know, in, in Pompeii. And that's like how she knows this. Um, right. Like her mother had other children besides her and, you know, eventually did die and, and didn't have to do the whole regeneration thing. Um, she, she basically says like, this is a theory I have <laughs> and this is the only evidence I have for it. And it's the only reason I can think of as to why she, stopped is because she actually fell in love with her father uh, but she doesn't know for a fact that that's going to happen because they have that conversation where he's trying to say well how do you how do you make yeah. it so you don't do that she basically says i don't get to choose it it chooses it's, it also like i think casts some light into like how she's behaving too and like trying to break it off and like um he, like you, said, you mentioned earlier, that like he's he's really the one pursuing her. They're having fun together, and like she keeps coming back, and like it is becoming more invested in him. But also, kind of, if her theory is correct, like could be could be choosing to you know inadvertently to kind of doom herself to mortality if if she ends up with him. So she, she doesn't want to do that. Fine with living forever and eating things every yeah. so often. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's other like the other nature stuff I can think of that's like um they tell a lot of stories they do a lot of stories on the farm of like um we get an Angelo and his wife story but the one I'm thinking of in particular is just like all the farming stuff kind of ties back into like you were saying the rot on the tree and the yeah. um but there's also like the spliced like the the lemon orange tree right which and, is sort of like heterochromia that, that was another question where I, I I'm not quite sure where the connection is or if it's just like sort of similar themes but there's not really a connection there you think it's just sort of like trying to get your buy-in a little bit more about like kind of like genetic renewal about being right. like oh you can take one tree and put like the tree the material from another tree on it and that tree is going to be like this unique tree that uh you know doesn't doesn't behave like its old right. self or like it, it should otherwise like it's right this, i was I was trying to think if there was some if there was something there with the the whole she takes the genetic information from her the person who impregnates her and then uses that to become a new thing but that's not quite the same thing as the the splicing the lemon onto the lime tree or the lime onto the lemon tree or whatever it was um, but I guess having the idea of it just being kind of set dressing to to get you in that headspace is acceptable as well. Yeah, I, I think that's really what they're doing here is just sort of like laying some of the groundwork so that when, again, the 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 parasite Eve of it all comes crashing down and talking about yeah. mitochondria and whatnot. Um, I think it, it is you have it's telling that I'm trying to give the movie more credit than it was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I I also think as storytellers, they're not as. I would be way more harsh on a movie where it was like, oh, the the narrative thrust is how cool the science is. 
mm-hmm. think they're much more concerned about like um letting the audience get to know these characters and also like kind of asking some fundamental questions i think about like what it means to love i think it, it asks in a more hopeful way kind of s- similar questions that audition does honestly yeah, like about like can you know somebody <laughs> like, this has how do i want to how do i want to put this it's it's less concerned with you know the science of it and it, it wants to have just enough of that so that you can go to the questions in the the conversation that it wants to have. Yeah. It's just yeah. like if you look at it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but there's there's just enough of it there that you can go. I mean, all right, if I if I hand wave it, it works. <laughs> it doesn't sound completely ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's you're you're bought in on the characters and you're and and you get because of that you also kind of go through the sciency stuff to get to like where. I think where this movie ends is like it can be read uh, a couple different ways. And we'll, we'll, I, I want to talk about some some other stuff first before we get into the, the actual factual ending. But um, I think it, it asks some questions about like what function love has in like a, a universe where <laughs> the ending happens. Um, is there like other stuff that like worked well for you, like uh, as far as their dating, like? The, the places they go, the, the things they do, the conversations they have. I'm wondering, like, that's a lot of what this movie is, is her, like, taking him into the cave and her boat and them cooking a meal together and, like, vibing and listening to music while, you know, she has her brief uh, mutant moment that she has to go take care of. <laughs> but it's, um, like, playfully charming. I don't know. I None of the, none of the date stuff... Um like seemed bad to me i i don't okay. i don't think any of it like stuck out as oh this is this is the this is the best part of the movie or anything like that but it, it wasn't it certainly didn't take me out of the movie i i liked the conversations they were having yeah it's uh i mean i they, i don't know i don't want to dwell too much i a lot of that stuff i find like uh charming and fun i could definitely say like your mileage might vary but um i i, I think the one area you'd, you'd mentioned like liking all the characters and that's like the one where I think they just I'm not gonna say that that these folks don't exist. I might have no, been making fun the of them Americans? a little bit earlier. The other American. <laughs> the uh just basically you're introduced to the other American tourist who comes to town by like Evan looking down at the beach at is it the the karate instructor from Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> I mean, he had his American flag pants on, so I wouldn't want to get roundhouse kicked by him. Touchdown, USA! Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like the the peaceful atmosphere of this this quaint little seaside village is shaken to its core by loud Americans screaming profanities on the beach, <laughs> just making a general nuisance of themselves. Which, like, you know, I know, like, there's several times where Evan is trying to distance himself from typical American tourists, but like. Boy, the uh, if we have to see somebody on screen for Louise to kill, like I maybe would have liked for it to be in like a slightly more morally complicated person than like that dude who like later on is just like, hey, lady in an alley facing the other way, looks like maybe you're throwing up or something. I got you're probably a prostitute, right? <laughs> I've got weed in my anyway. apartment. <laughs> anyway, here's my penis. How much? <laughs> uh, this is. Oddly enough, this is one of the things that kind of leads me to my is this horror uh, question, uh, because it kind of seems like this 
set of characters and this character in in specific is just kind of inserted in this movie to be able to give her someone to eat that we don't like feel we don't like villainize her for yeah i mean it also has to like establish her as a threat because there's a real danger for evan like yeah when he falls for her like and he knows what she is he has like he he does that knowing that's like, a wild oh, scene like, by the way <laughs> <laughs> which which of these scenes are you <laughs> the, the, one where he, the, the one where he comes to her apartment and finds her on the floor oh yeah as, a, as an octopus uh as a among other things person? yeah she's <laughs> you've seen her in different forms throughout this and uh in this scene we see her as all of them yeah yeah she's like she's she's got a little um like batch of stem cells that she can uh, inject into herself, but she was not able to reach them. This is after she's broken up with Evan and uh, he's only coming back because he wants to say goodbye and there's, he's in love with her and there's nowhere for him to go. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to leave because he's getting chased by immigration. So, you know, in here taking good Italian jobs, um, <laughs> he, he comes in and that's like when you know he's bought it, like he's, he doesn't he doesn't run away he doesn't like scream i mean he's he's <laughs> yes he justifiably does shocked and, con- <laughs> and concerned but like he comes in that he gets into action though like yeah, he, he's trying to help her right away yeah he, he helps her and he he sticks around <laughs> until she basically says that it's all he asks for an explanation she kind of waffles a little bit and he's just like ah fuck <laughs> This is not the kind of creepy I could handle. Yeah, but like she had also done something similar with him too. Like when she was buying into him, like and and he's like, I don't want to talk about my family, and she does the similar thing, like chasing after him. Like, why aren't you telling me? Like, I'm like, I am asking you, please communicate with me. It's a there's there's some of that. There's like some kind of playful mirroring they do with each other. I, I suppose so. I feel like I feel like this isn't exactly a one for one because <laughs> I, I can understand why she. <laughs> <laughs> right. My no, parents I, are dead versus I, I'm an eternal monster. Yeah, like he probably doesn't want to talk about his parents because he's going through a lot of trauma right now. And it like literally just happened. So yeah. like he has but a legitimate somebody, reason to not want to talk about it. Whereas yeah. she, he found her on the floor as an everything monster. I think we're past the point where you can kind of I don't really want to talk about it as complicated. Like I, I get that it's complicated. I still want to know. <laughs> um. Yeah, they they uh when he he discovers this and he's like bought in like they they kind of have this side road adventure that they go off on and like it's it's more kind of travel along and and once he's bought in kind of there's some exploration of what she is but it's also like figuring out like oh I'm I'm in for this and I'm staying with you like are you in for this too and like she's never saying no, but she's also like, here's the reasons I shouldn't be. And like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is like, again, some of the really hard stuff about love. Like it's, it's like what, I think that's where the horror of the love story comes in is it's like, you're, it's just a raw nerve, right? You're, you're putting yourself out there like at your most vulnerable and yeah. hoping for some understanding or reciprocity on the other side. I don't know. I'm so, I, I I, I still need to be pushed on whether or not this is horror because so far I'm not there. <laughs> okay, okay. This is I just mean, a ro- this is just a romance where one person's a monster. <laughs> so it's like you know 
uh, a rom com with like Russell Crowe in it. Yes. <laughs> you he's not solely in horror movies, is he? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like you know, as, as a monster because he threw a phone at somebody. You know, just uh, easy yeah. guy to pick on. He was in a, in a band with a stupid name. Come on, thirty thirty out foot of grunt. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. I was talking to like the the world's leading uh, grunt head. Is that what you? Yeah. I mean, oh, a name like that just sticks. I don't know how you forgot it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's it, I. I find this still to be like a horror movie it's like i don't know that's do you want to just uh get it get into the uh get into the ending here a little bit and talk about like because yeah, I, mean, I think they, that's where a lot of the big stuff comes in right yeah like they're 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 traveling they're like having sex on the road and like having the very european moment of just the cop leaving them alone because she gives the thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> weird's happening we're just fucking yeah. <laughs> um you know, traveling through the church, looking at art. I, I do love her just like deciding to do hash in the in the in the in the church, or <laughs> like kind of going off the free associating as she's getting high, and like her body is turning into the different monster. Sh- <laughs> so it's like, hey, uh, you got you got more of your stuff. You, you uh, might want to take it. <laughs> and we, we have the, uh, the the little punchline there of the the person in the front row going, and there's a zombie taking heroin in the back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe also like i don't know i appreciate like going for some levity and putting it in the movie it's a and it's not a bad line but it also has like a little bit of a sting of like out of nowhere somebody's like it's a living yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that seemed like they they wanted a funny little moment there but i think that was a little forced <laughs> <laughs> um but they end up back in pompeii where she's kind of going through her like backstory and she says like hey like You've seen me as a monster, but if this tapes, we're going to know, like, in the next little bit of time, I'm going to get at my my biggest and my sharpest. And, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be around if I were you. And he, he sticks <laughs> he around. Says, if, if this starts to happen, you need to run. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the sun comes up and it, it looks like nothing's out. They're, just, they're, they're holding hands and maybe, like. You we don't have the sounds. timing exactly, but yeah. there's some, there's some, yeah, the she's camp, like squelching. The camera pans and, up and, to the sun, the camera pans up to the sunrise, and you hear like wet sounds, but yeah. there's not like any real sound of violence happening afterwards. Yeah, because I think we, uh, yeah, she's just going to, like, her body's going to go through some sort of change or whatever, but one way or the other. Um, and in this moment of connection, Vesuvius re-erupts, and they're just, they're... <laughs> In the ruins of Pompeii, where her mother died when Vesuvius erupted the first time, staring each other in the eye. And I think that I think that's the big like existential horror moment of this movie. I think that's like the if love is the most meaningful thing we have, is if love is how we define ourselves, like it's this this is what that is in the face of the universe. <laughs> and like what we don't know what's on the other side. And I mean that kind of in many different ways of like who's on the other side. We don't know if they're going to be in love in a week. Like, we don't know if that's like, mm-hmm. if they survived the week, like who knows? It's, <laughs> it's this kind of one small sliver in a world where the, the you're about to just co- get covered in ash and lava. So <laughs> is that horrific I mean, enough for you? Jen? <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you talking, <laughs> Yeah. but to me that, that doesn't, you can say that about any romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, big deal. They're in love now, but come 2064, they're both dead. Yeah. Maybe this is uh, like a little more overt about it, but uh, honestly, if you're thinking about it, <laughs> if, if you're in that headspace already, then then most movies are that way. Yeah, I, I heard somebody say something similarly wild recently, where somebody told me that. Uh, they didn't like watching movies set in the past because they couldn't care about any characters that would already be dead by now. Oh, come on. That's, that's just completely ludicrous. (laughs) I don't see how it's comparable at all. I kind of want to talk through some of the other like little details and moments of this movie a little bit too, but um, I kind of wanted to hit the thematic stuff, like the, the story stuff. Up top, I think there's a lot of like little moments that work really well in here. I think there's like the the subplot of, of Evan working on the farm with Angela for one. I think is like really helps like ground this a bit more and gives like you get to see a little bit more of another side of Evan. You get to see kind of like how Angela was dealing with like a lost love in his life, mm-hmm. and that also like reflects the headspace that Evan's in, right? Like he's, he's looking at this, he's working with somebody who he's got this, like maybe not fatherly, but like a a very, like an an older guy who's very friendly to him. And like, they have a good relationship. um, Who's pining after a woman who died in a car crash when they were very young Mm -hmm. and has never loves Italian women, loves women, but is, is still in love with his wife and like has not moved on years later. Like, I think that kind of colors a little bit of, and also like with Evan losing like his family, like I think how yeah, much I think of that love is. I think there's something there because it definitely feels like his relationship with Angelo influences how much he seems to need this new relationship. Um, like he he kind of wants what Angelo had. It feels like yeah, this this like you know, in like, it's, it sounds like he had a really good relationship with his parents. Like he's, he's talking about how much he misses them and how much he loves them. And like that they didn't have much other family. So like, that's kind of as a fairly young person losing both of your pillars of support like that. Like he, he confesses to Louise at one point, like I'm a, I'm a grown ass man who misses my parents. But I, I think that's also like, I think if we're talking about like kind of the love as horror aspect. Then maybe we wanted to talk a little bit about for Valentine's Day, like what what amounts of our experience is because of that like that recent trauma or that like um, void that we need to have filled versus like and I, I don't know. I think that's like I think this movie kind of skirts around some of those questions like that. And I think that's why like I, I like a lot of their writing a lot. Is it doesn't really put a a bell on it but it 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 foregrounds a lot of these elements that kind of make you ask these questions at least for me i can i can see it i guess what it comes down to me is like (laughs) i hate to you know paint myself as an optimist but i i tend to i tend to be i guess i I don't want to look at the the bad stuff so much it this yeah rang as as a really like a really kind of sweet story even if it had those aspects to it and and I, I really want to just like harp on the negative to talk to talk about the horror aspects of it, because I also think the flip side of that coin is I think ultimately it's a hopeful movie. I think ultimately what the movie is telling you through the image, through getting to know these characters, through like the music that swells at the end, is that for them in that moment, yes, it is worth it. Yes, it is like it's it's what we have <laughs> and it's and it's worth it. Um, 
because I think this is like ultimately like trying to um, take a, a absurdist sort of joy in life approach to <laughs> some of these, like a Lovecraft story. Um, I mean, the, the themes that he worked with were not helpful, and he he didn't have stories like this where there was like a glimmer of hope. Um, no, no, not, not a lot of happiness to be had with the great old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um a lot of a lot of scary dark people <laughs> swarthy a lot of, uh, swarthy a lot of uh, people non-euclidean geometry <laughs> my favorite writer's trick is like man i really need to come up with a monster i know undescribable <laughs> <laughs> just a color <laughs> but i think they're like i'm I, I make fun of lovecraft all the time and i i, I will scream to the heavens that he's not the first person to come up with cosmic horror <laughs> but i think the the central ideas again of like a being infinitesimally small in a, in a universe that you have like no comprehension of like that even on earth there's like this person who's a person that is still trying to figure themselves out after two thousand years <laughs> it's you know it's weird like i i hear you say it and i can see it but I just don't think that that's like a real <laughs> major theme in this movie. Like it, it's there for sure. I, I, I'm not yeah. sure that it's the central one. Well, I guess when I go off on like these tangents, other than just being like, I don't know, like a 40 year old white stoner dude or whatever, but like it, it's, it's I think what I like about them a lot and what I like about um, some of these more conversational movies is like by getting to know these characters, like you, you develop a sense of the, the world around them through the character. Yeah. Um, and it it kind of brings these things to you and they're not like deep diving on a lot of big questions. But I think that they're they're foregrounding a lot of them and then kind of narrowing their fo- their focus. Yeah, um, I, I think that message of like of, of hopefulness, I think that's their main thrust. I think they're 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 sort of bringing up other things, too, because they're I think a lot of their conversations are kind of like talking through these ideas about love, but doing it in a really mindful character driven um, I think that's where they have like their most talent. Maybe coming up with the Resident Evil stuff is <laughs> like well, their strongest suit, but it's I think it works. Like here's here's kind of the way that I was looking at it when I was finished watching it is um yeah. I can I compared it in my head to like a like a zombie movie. In in such that, you know, the zombie movies that you watch, the good ones anyway, aren't actually about the zombies. They're yeah. about the people who are caught in the you know, the circumstance of all this terrible stuff happening around them. This is a monster movie. That's not about the monster. This is a romance. It's kind of two broken people finding each other and kind of fixing themselves or, or becoming, if not, you know, fixed, then, you know, more complete than they were individually. I mean, I, I think where I kind of, I, I have a broader framework for genre stuff. And I, I, I freely admit that. Um, every time we have this conversation, but <laughs> I, I don't think you could pull some of the moves that this movie does and not sell it as a horror. Like, I don't think you could have her like soul the rabbit and <laughs> it's blood on the wall and have a, a breakdown as her body falls apart uh, uh, in ways that she's not expecting. Um, well, I, well, here's so I, about that. I, I mean, you could sell the body horror aspect of it, but, she never seems that off put by it. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, I got to fucking deal with this bullshit. And 
put my little sad mm-hmm. juice injection in my arm. <laughs> like it's all it's an inconvenience for her, not like a like a existential crisis. <laughs> I think the existential crisis comes for her later. And I think she's also just maybe had some time to build some more defenses and maybe also like, not. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think she's, she says up front, she's a, she's a wild mix of, of hormones and. <laughs> she does. She, she never lies to this guy. She, she tells it straight right up top. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think the other thing that maybe uh, doesn't, work for me that i will like i i like a lot of the ideas and i think a few individual scenes work all right um but a lot of like the cgi effect i'm like a- actively off put by especially this the cgi blood yeah the blood I, always gets me i feel so sad when i see cgi blood just use the real stuff just open up a vein man like like, like our forefathers did <laughs> You care to you claim to care about your craft and you won't even open no. a vein. <laughs> Which like I, I, I totally get it, especially for like indie filmmakers. It's like, oh, if if I screw this scene up, I have to clean everything up and yeah. like read you a squib and like <laughs> I right, absolutely get it. Millennials afraid out. of work. <laughs> That's where are we gonna get like air bladder effects like the thing with uh <laughs> with that kind of attitude? Um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I can. I, I'm waxing philosophical a bit more than I do in this uh, this episode. Is there is there more stuff you want to get into, or do we want to maybe talk about anniversary stuff and and get on the sales floor and all that yeah, stuff? Let's get on the sales floor and then uh, didn't do our anniversary stuff. I don't. I think we're just gonna kind of talk around each other on this. I I'm not quite sure that you have an argument that can sway me uh, into okay. believing this is a horror film, even though I I do understand the things that you're saying. I just don't think that they are I don't think they're enough of a driving force in this movie. Like, I think they're there if you want to look for them. But ultimately, to me, this just really felt like a romance movie. OK, I mean, I don't know. I, I, An interesting one. So it's, so, it's a take I haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. So like, so I, just just to get me in the right headspace here. Am I trying to make you the sale on this being a good movie or on this being a a horror movie am i like is that what you're kind of talking about like two conversations on you know like if i convinced you it was a horror movie would you say oh it's a good horror movie because i have now been convinced and give it give it a win let's just let's go to the sales floor um right now you don't have to you don't have to make any more of a pitch i think you've made a pitch this whole this whole time and i'll just go ahead and tell you that i really really like this movie it is not a horror movie (laughs) i'm uh you know what i I don't think I've created like an asterisk with uh, a new new scoring in a while. So maybe maybe now we'll have like a parentheses. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I am. I am. You know, maybe I was a little more rigid about this in the past. I'm willing to let you chalk this down as a win. But I will say that I do not think this is a horror. <laughs> OK. All right. Um, I think there's even been yeah. movies in the past that I have said I'm not going to give you a win on this because it's not a horror movie, but I'm not going to do that this time. I'm feeling magnanimous. All right, <laughs> all, right all right. So um, yeah, I guess the the most of the pitch that I was going to make for it just being a horror movie I'd already made. So I, yeah. I get I appreciate you cutting to the quick there. <laughs> Cut me off. Well, yeah, um, I couldn't imagine a world where you were going to make a pitch that was any different than what we'd been talking about for the last half hour. 
Um, all right, so I I have got this uh, crispy that I want to hand out before we talk about some maybe some anniversary awards here. Sure. Um, and let's let's maybe pick the next movie first before we get into that part too. That sounds good. Um, so uh, this crispy, I really like both of our leads a lot. I kind of wish they'd had like a you know some some more success off this. I'd love to see like what uh, Nadia Hilker would do in, in something else that wasn't just like a random role in one of the Divergent movies, I think. Um, I have, have either of these people really done much since this? I mean, they're, they're both working, but it's like not really a lot of like lead parts. Like a Lou, Lou Taylor Pucci's on like uh, a, a, still on a whole bunch of TV shows, but he shows up on like Law and Order for two episodes or something. I don't know. I, um, that's shocking to me, actually. I, I would have expected both of these people to have a little bit more of a career coming up because I think both of them were pretty phenomenal. No, I think, I think they're both great, but I think the the character that always just stands out for me and the performance that I think is most crispy worthy is I got to give this to Francesco Carnaluti as Angelo, the, the goddamn, I want to grow up to be Angelo. I want to be like this terrible farmer who just, uh, at the first sign of like cops coming for somebody, just like, uh, should you run? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the type of that was the type of funny that I wanted in this movie. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, oh, it's immigration. Should I run? Yeah. Yeah. You should. <laughs> and the next scene is just him lancelotting across the countryside. As as Angela just like child is a little away. But he he rules. I I I I, I love that character. Um. So for, for next time, um, I kind of went back to, you know, we talked about the premise of the show being that like I, I came up with a list. Um, that's obviously like we've gone kind of off list. We've done new movies. We've done like, you know, stuff I hadn't seen before or before mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I went back and looked at like those, those first like two or three lists that I put together. And um, we've covered a lot of the movies on them. Um, but there's there's a few that have uh, either have never come up before or uh, have We've dodged on other prior multiple choice ones. So I was going to give you a chance to help me bring in the new year with one off that list. A fucking second chance uh, list. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we'll, we'll just go ahead and do this uh, in chronological order here. Um, our oldest one would be from 1963. And some black and white, Jed. Sorry. Um, it would be Robert Wise's The Haunting. The, okay. the, the original haunting. The, the G-rated actually, haunted house masterpiece. I might masterpiece. have actually seen this. I want to say I watched I, this in high school in Mr. Zimmer's class, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, I think rest in peace for letter. I, um, that, that, if that's true. Yes. R.I.P. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, our next choice. Uh, we we uh, I like to, you know, close the book sometimes do a do a movie that's, you know, been been discussed enough. And like we can just put a capstone on it. Right. No one uh, else would be 19, talking about it. Yeah, 1973 is The Exorcist. We could just close the book on The Exorcist. Just be uh, never seen it. No one else allowed to talk about it anymore. Um, We could talk about one of my favorite just rascals of a filmmaker, uh, Larry Cohen, the guy, the guy who made the stuff. All right. um, And and do Hugh the Winged Serpent, our first giant monster movie. I think would be this is the movie that I vividly remember the cover box for. When walking down the aisles as a child, not when I worked there, but yeah. just you know, walking through, looking for stuff, found myself inexplicably attracted to the horror section and also repelled by everything I saw there. <laughs> I uh, it, it's got some uh, a, one really amazing central performance, maybe like my favorite giant monster movie, human 
human performance. All right. Um, and then uh, we got a, our, our most recent one would be uh, we could see uh, Sir uh, Patrick Stewart uh, contend with uh, some punks uh, in Green Room about a, a about a punk rock band running into some uh, some neo Nazis. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a lot to chew on. Well, I think, though, um, I'm torn between my desire to pick a like a big name movie to kind of drive some some listens here. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't think I can get away from my love of giant monsters. So I think we're going to go with Q. No, I'm, I'm so glad that we get to talk about Larry Cohen. I, lo- I love that dude so much. Um, yeah, sweet. We'll do that for, for next time. Cue the winged serpent. Um, all right. So uh, we got we got another year in the books yeah. behind us. Uh, what, what do you think your average is now? I think that we, we've kind of talk- mentioned it a few times uh maybe once or twice this year i've kind of set a number i'm curious if you remember or if you have a guess for what your uh percentage of cells is now i if i had if i had to guess i would say it's in the high 70 78 79 maybe even real close okay it's uh you're a harsher critic than you give yourself credit for you are you're at a solid c at 75 percent exactly all right so yeah i'll take it yeah I, I, don't, I didn't average. know I was being braided, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> um, so let's just uh, a, a quick reminder. I, I gave you some some categories to think about uh, for shows that we've done this year. Um, and all the shows, all the movies we've covered are, are up for these awards. So I just want to uh, remind the listener. I'm, I'm sure has like they have the season three episode tattoo right next to their season one and two. So they can just like. Oh, look yeah. down or they probably got it committed to memory at this point right i would hope so um, what are they doing if not <laughs> so we have uh poltergeist 2 frankenstein alien the blood on satan's claw knight of the hunter and Pedigore, uh friday the 13th part one and two uh get out piranha all going to the world's fair hellraiser one and two prey creep show the burning perfect blue Halloween 2018, Pumpkinhead, It Follows, Barbarian, Demons, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. This spring will be the start of season four, so we're not not in, not in contention. Right. Um, so I gave you some categories. Um, let's uh, let's let's start with uh, which you you frequently said that uh, you have yet to watch a movie that actually like scared you you've you've had you've highlighted a couple scenes that were like oh this this came kind of close yeah but didn't do the job um so i want i I, i'm curious what your closest to being scared award uh this year is what's the what's the movie or the moment that you uh felt like the the, it got it almost got there oh this is easy it's uh friday the 13th part two (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry (laughs) i can't no it's not that (laughs) definitely not uh, I I had to, Josh. The dunks, the the Charles Barkley super dunk. <laughs> um, the closest, I, I don't know. I think I think Barbarian um hit us hit us kind of a sweet spot with me uh, for being at the same time wildly improbable, but also really close to something that could happen. <laughs> yeah, are, are you um? Is there a moment in particular that that sticks out for you as being like? the most scary one i think the 
two moments, both of them in, in the underground portion. Of it. Um, when, oh, what was his name? When, what's his name? Keith. When Keith <laughs> gets his face yeah. destroyed against the cave wall when the, uh, when the, the monster shows up for the first time. Um, that was pretty nasty. And also, yeah. um, when Justin Long had to breastfeed, that was, <laughs> those are both, both on- moments that made me uneasy. In both a, a jump scare sense and a, oh oh no sense. oh no dear God no <laughs> yeah. um I know these are all like ones I've picked out but I I'm trying to think of what uh I yeah I mean feel me, free I, it's weird the... because you did pick them that like you would have a, a yeah. take here but uh you're allowed to have opinions <laughs> yeah and I just of the movies that we watch like I, I I think the 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 moment that I found the most scary is the beginning of Impedicore. When they're um, when they're in the toll booths talking to each other and it's the same oh, yeah. guy yeah. he's been like stalking, uh, yeah that that I think that open like the rest of the movie ended up being really good but like the rest of the movie could have been like terrible and I think I still would have like been like ooh that opening though like that <laughs> yeah I I liked Impedicore um, a good amount I th- I think there is a a little bit of disconnect when it comes to watching foreign films. Um, even if I really enjoyed them, it, there's just some like some context and stuff that I'm not privy to that ha- I have a hard time really connecting with, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I, and, and I, I totally get that for like uh, like maybe culturally right. I wasn't reacting to like the scroll being as scary as like somebody who like maybe grew up where that's like part of a tradition that I don't know like mm-hmm. would be. But I think just that that. Um, Primal fear of like th- I, this guy seems unwell. I've seen he seems like he's stalking me, and I am trapped in a very small what? space. No, no, that, he has a that, that I think is fairly <laughs> universal. I, I'm not talking so much of that, but yeah, a lot of the cultural stuff doesn't hit so yeah. much for me, uh, and it may just be because I'm missing the context for it. But but that scene in particular, I think, is a is a good choice. Um, kind of kind of uh, related to that one. Uh, what what do you think is the best kill? that we've had in, in any of the movies we've covered this year. Oh, this one is actually very easy for me. Um, it's Nehru taking out the Predator. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's a pretty epic moment. I I wanted to fist pump right alongside her when, she, when that happened. So, um, I know it's not the monster killing, you know, random teenager or whatever, but uh, that was definitely probably the most satisfying thing I've seen in a little while in a, in a horror movie. Teenager killing random monster. It's uh, you know a, a flip. I, I'll take that. That's uh, yeah. yeah. That was a that's a it's a sweet moment. It's it's earned. Um, I'd say for me, um, I do enjoy uh, a good a good teenager getting uh, cut up. What I like even more than one teenager getting cut up is several of them on a raft. So the burning, the raft scene is gonna right. have to take that award word for me. That, that's <laughs> lot, solid. A lot gets done. Yeah, Cropsy Cropsy does it. <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple couple of ones where I'll take my lumps. I think uh, I think I'll start with the most gentle of the taking my lumps awards. The the I kind of forgot we covered this award. The the movie that I sent you this list and you were like, huh, yeah, we did spend like an hour and a half talking about that. There there were a couple of uh, a couple of possibilities here for this one for me. Um, I think. Uh, Perfect Blue, even though I liked that movie, I I completely forgotten about it. Um, Demons was a relatively recent one, but I forgot about that one also. 
<laughs> but the uh, the one that that really like I was going back through the list and going, I don't even know what this fucking movie's about. <laughs> was Blood on Satan's Claw. I completely had forgotten everything about this. <laughs> even the xylophone score. <laughs> I, I mean, you say it now, and it's, it's right there, but no, at the time, it's gone. Um, it's funny because, like, I, I wouldn't think this is one that I wouldn't think I would have a one for, but it's kind of Poltergeist too, just because, like, that was the one that I had the experience of, like, oh, I haven't watched this one in a while. I remember this being a pretty good sequel, and then watching it being like, oh, well, the the villain's good. <laughs> there's, no, there's a whole other really movie good around this. effects in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but kind of like just immediately slipped out of my brain. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that again. that was the very first one we did this season. Yeah, yeah, I mean just just by nature of, of yeah. time doing its magic, that fucking time could also win this one. <laughs> um, so let's go to uh, who do you think was the best monster we covered? Oh, Pumpkinhead in a walk. Pumpkinhead, okay. Yeah, I, I do love awesome. being Pumpkinhead. I was I, I was so blown away by how much character <laughs> the monster actually had. I don't, I think like, we talked about it in the episode. I don't, it's so fresh to me to see a monster that like enjoys what it's doing so much. And you see so much of it. And it's it's yeah. so big. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a really impressive um, effect. I mean, like for me, this one's a little hard. Cause it's like Frankenstein and Dracula are in there and it's like, I mean, those I mean, are, Dracula, yeah, Dracula's monster. on the list for monsters, sure, especially right? especially from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, it's uh, uh but Pumpkinhead, I just I don't know something about that really really struck a chord with me. Yeah, I, I think for me I would have to give it to Alien. The the I mean, Alien design's just so iconic and like it's almost the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stan Winston did Alien, so yeah, <laughs> like, I can't um, argue with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So which uh, which performance do you think was the best performance of the year? What do you, but, uh, which which actor st- stuck out most to you? Um, we've seen a, a lot of pretty amazing performances. Um, I I got to shout out um, Gary Oldman in in Dracula. Um, f- tremendous. Yeah. Uh, but I think the 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 one that stuck with me the most is. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think that's like number two for me behind uh, Stephen King and Creepshow. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, burned, it, burned in Delibri. I mean, I, if you wanted to, if you were to name the Crispies now, I think that <laughs> there'd be a case to be made for his character in Creepshow. Crispy of the year, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which movie did you find to be the most disappointing? This is always a, a sad category for me, but I think, uh, you know, helps me calibrate for the future. Maybe you have an idea about what I might say here, um, but I think the most disappointing one for me this this year was uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. I really wanted this to be something that it wasn't. Um, and yeah. some of that's some of that's on me. But uh, what I wanted out of it and what what it actually was were just too far apart. <laughs> Like I kind of in because I didn't want to like just say worst movie or whatever, but like yeah. I think that's by phrasing it like that. I, I once I kind of came up with that category, I was like, yeah, that's probably what, what Jed's gonna pick because <laughs> yeah. I know you were like that was one you picked out and you yeah. were like, oh, creepy pasta. Like yeah. I was really excited about the prospect of doing a movie about that, and then it kind of, it, I mean, it was, but it wasn't. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a Trojan horse. It's it's getting you in with that to show you a character study. And like it's um and so yeah, I I I totally understand that. Um which uh which movie did you find to be the most surprising? Um Piranha, actually. I was I was kind of shocked by how good it was. <laughs> I, I yeah, would not have expected uh, a, a, like a tiny Jaws knockoff <laughs> to be as quality as it actually ended up. It to be as funny and well put together and like yeah. just it, well it didn't paced. need to be. It didn't need to be yeah. as good as it was. It kind of it reminds me a lot of um, like arachnophobia, like that sure. a, a very similar vibe where it's like oh it's a it's a spider movie like it's John a Goodman's really a, dumb okay, concept. <laughs> And it does not need to have the performances and the care and the and the writing that it had. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the uh, I, I think what we were left with is what's what's the best movie that we covered? What's the what's your favorite of the year? Just bar none. I have two written down here, and I think yeah. I'm going to break this category into two. I'm going to make my own rules here. I'm going to best movie and most fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just straight up best movie was was get out i think that that movie you know top to bottom i don't think there's a lot of people who would argue that it's one of the best horror movies if not best movies made in the last couple years um i rare to find a movie that has something to say and says it in a way that's both interesting and doesn't turn people away from it Mm -hmm. um and then the uh the most fun was prey i think that's (laughs) that's a movie where i don't i think i even said we're not going to have a sales floor here we're just going to talk about how awesome this whole link of the podcast <laughs> all right just get out of the way up top yeah it was uh it was a fun one um well sweet i you know i always get kind of a uh, gushy when we do these dumb like arbitrary anniversary shows but like I, I still enjoy doing this with you i enjoy that we've had you know some returning champions coming back and sure uh, doing this with us sometimes some some real fun episodes with some other folks mm-hmm. um yeah, I look forward to, uh, you know, doing this until we're done. So <laughs> whenever that um, is. <laughs> yeah. Whenever whenever we finished all the horror movies, once we've gotten I mean, I'm telling you the whole I'm telling you the whole thing. I mean, you got to you got to take a real close look at all of them. <laughs> I think it's the only way to be sure <laughs> to be completely fair. I, I don't know that we'll get a chance to get to all of them, uh, given the state of things. But <laughs> here's hoping. Um, before we start doing like the business stuff, is there anything you've been enjoying? Anything you uh, wanted to wanted to shout out or give some praise to? No, no, nothing. Nothing's good. <laughs> just just despair. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I I wish I could recommend. I don't like being a negative and giving a negative recommendation on the show, but like uh, went to go see uh, the Outwaters, a found footage movie in the theater, and I don't. Oh, go to the movie theater that often and right. uh wish i wish i hadn't have gone this time <laughs> that's always a bummer but, you, you, yeah you don't know until you get there but movies nowadays are too expensive to not enjoy what you went that sucks <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i do appreciate i guess to put the positive spin on it that it's horror is doing well enough that a movie like that can get a theatrical release yeah. Um, that somebody was willing to take a chance on it. Um, and maybe it's for somebody, uh, not for this say, guy. <laughs> do you think that there is an audience for it or do you think it was legitimately bad? <laughs> and there are people who liked it. It's gotten like, uh, some positive reviews. All right. Um, it goes places. It's 
just really long and the sound design's really bad and the what it's trying to do at the end has been done better other times. <laughs> it's a real long, real long journey to get there. <laughs> um, okay, not, not don't want to be negative. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the business stuff. Uh, reach out to us. Our uh, Facebook group um, is probably the best way to keep up with the show. Um, we're we're still uh, lodged like a sand spur in Twitter's foot uh, at, at Scream Selling. Um, and, uh, selling the scream at Gmail is our email address. If you want to reach out to us, um, if you could, please leave us uh, a review, uh, give us a, a download on, uh, your, your device. Uh, if, if you do have a, 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 a bad review to leave it here in the iOS, it's actually kind of good news this time. It says that you're going to get, um, McAfee, um, for, for life, um, just for all the money in your bank account. And that's that sounds good for you, right? That if sounds you like a great to me. Yeah, just uh, you know, and it it hasn't been updated, you know, since the whole you know founder business Google uh, uh went down. But you know, it's it's probably still the th- the threats of 2016 are probably the same as the threats today, right? Right. Is there what price can you put on peace of mind, Josh? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> this was the price you can put on it. So that's that's all they're asking. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Join us uh, next time when we do Cue the Winged Serpent. Until then, uh, bye-bye. Bye.